0: Now, from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. All right, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, on Roots 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. It's tough these days being ranked number one in basketball. You're either getting knocked off or, like Baylor last night, you had to hang on. Three and a half seconds to go. Doolittle
1: runs the baseline, gives to Manic across midcourt. Harmon puts it up. Mitchell steps away. Harmon's shot is off, and the Bears have won 15 in a row. Baylor wins as the number one team in the nation. They hold on to beat the
0: Oklahoma Sooners tonight. 61-57, Baylor the final score. And Baylor wins it. Call on Learfield IMG. And uh, Baylor takes another step forward. Penn State's at Michigan tomorrow night at 7.00 in uh, Ann Arbor. All right. It's a very important time of the year. It's a time of the year where Matt Catrillo wants us to talk in depth about the Pro Bowl, and there's no better person to do that with than Neil Coulong uh, who, uh, I mean, let's face it, I mean, yeah, you know, I look outside right now, and we could be at an Orlando golf course, and you could slice, and I think you could slice right away.
1: <laughs> I definitely would. I definitely would. That that would that would be the easiest bet that you'd make all year. Just even thinking about my golf game right now would uh, it, it, that, that causes nightmares. It's too cold. I, I can't. I, I'm not a. I'm not like an avid golfer. I golf maybe twice a year. Yeah. And when I go out, it's more like this is what you do with friends or whatever. I'm the guy that kind of lags by at the end. I'm usually kind of done by the 12 hole. I get to kind of bored with it. but I'll slice a bunch. you know there's there's little to no doubt that will happen.
0: There you go. Perfect. See, we've analyzed it perfectly even from a distance.
1: All right. Um, <laughs> I
0: want to, I want to start with the Steelers. Uh, we're debating free agency. What do you want to do with Dupree and Hargrave? So if you're sitting, right. in that, if you're sitting in that position of Kevin Colbert, what say you?
1: Oh, right now, if I'm Kevin Colbert, the main thing I'm going to do is dig through the, the couch and the the car seats for change. I'm not sure if it, it, it would take an, an utter miracle and a lot of complete overhaul moves of the roster to get enough money to pay both of them. I I definitely don't think that'll happen. I think it's we we could easily lay odds right now on Dupree and Hargrave being the the top two uh, highest-paid defensive players, not including guys to get the the franchise tag in free agency. Both of them are going to command significant markets. They'll be right at the top of their positions. Um, That said, I think the Steelers are at least trying to kind of navigate their way uh, into finding enough space available to give Dupree a tag. And the reason I say that is, despite it being kind of an uphill battle right now, there are other moves that they were naturally going to make. I I don't think that they really planned on Mark Barron being around for a second season. I don't think he really earned a second season anyway. I I, I think they'll they'll cut him loose. That's the money that they're going to save um, the, the real value to having an option year in your contract the way Vance McDonald does is it gives a team the ability to cut a player without it affecting their compensatory formula. So what that means is they don't have to take Vance McDonald at $7.5 and, and that doesn't affect them in terms of receiving uh, compensatory picks uh, with the other moves that they'll no doubt make this offseason. So you can easily shave him down uh, from seven and a half to to probably somebody, if not McDonald, probably somebody comparable to about three. So count that four and a half million saved. Uh, I would expect that move to happen as well. So they're they're able to clear up some money to tag Dupree because, and this is the big thing. I know that I've I've said the opposite of this for a while now. It really sounds like the NFL and the NFLPA are are making strong strides in terms of getting a a, a collective bargaining agreement set up uh, in, sooner rather than later. If they're able to do that, the Steelers then would have the ability uh, to restructure contracts that they currently have on the books uh, to free up space to possibly look into uh, a long-term deal for Dupree. Um, that'd be tough to, to say the least, but it, there's just something about comments that Mike Tomlin has made, Art Rooney has made, in, in regards to wanting to keep him. It wasn't kind of the same lip service type of thing. It really sounded like their plan was to retain him. And to me, that really kind of screams tag more than anything else. Uh, As somebody that that doesn't really uh, like the tag all that much, if it's being used as a one-year contract and not really what it's meant to be, which is a a way to buy some time uh, to get a long-term deal worked out, um, I would hope that they're using the tag with the idea in mind that they're going to make him a competitive offer. They just need to to be able uh, to make sure that the CBA is going to be signed so they can make the moves that they need to make on their end in order to give him the money that he rightfully has earned, in my opinion. I I don't like the idea of them withholding him from the market if they just intend to let him play for a year and see where it goes. Um, And I I would think Dupree would be extremely upset with that, considering how well T.J. Watt has played. If they're not serious about signing both of them, uh, they shouldn't tag him at all. So I I think that becomes something of of a a high level of interest uh, for the Steelers moving forward this offseason. As far as Hargrave goes, uh, he's a great player. I think he plays in a defense that doesn't utilize uh, to the highest level the skill set that he has. Uh, I, I think he's better as an under-tackle in, in, in a 4-3 defense. I, I think he's an upfield pusher type of guy. Uh, he's going to get paid a lot of money. I would assume it's going to be by a, a 4-3 defensive team. I don't think the Steelers are even really going to try to retain him in any way, um, it, mostly because I, I don't think Hargrave would want to to continue playing in this defense if he has a choice, not, not anything of bitterness or resentment, but uh, he's going to get paid a lot of money. I think he's going to be able to pick a place where he can make the biggest impact. And, and that's not going to be Pittsburgh. Uh,
0: yeah. When it comes to the franchise tag, I, I don't mind it, but I think if, if in collective bargaining, if I'm the players, I demand that a player can only have it once in their career. That's you know, in other words, can't do it multiple times to one guy. Like one time, and especially for the purpose you're talking about. Look, we're going to franchise tag you to buy everybody more time to give you a contract. right? And Dupree's Dupree's an interesting case because I feel after doing a lot of nothing for a long period of time, in the last year and a quarter, he's become a complement that makes Watt more effective on the other. Watt's already a major talent, but I think he's allowed he does enough to, to really make Watt even more dangerous because Dupree does enough on the other side.
1: Yeah, I, I think it, it, that hits the nail on the head largely because I, I think Dupree has a level of versatility uh, that the Steelers aren't forced to use Watt for. They can really use Watt for what he's doing well right now, which is getting after the quarterback. Uh, the strength of their defensive line uh, frees up both sides. Um, to, to let those guys get a lot of one-on-one look uh, you know, in, in terms of a protection scheme that they're going against. But Dupree has the ability to float to the middle of the field if, if they're going to blitz the A-gap. Uh, he can drop in the coverage. We've seen him do that pretty well uh, his time in Pittsburgh. Um, you know, really, for me, it, it's what else they can do with everybody else because I think Bud can play, uh, after the snap anyway, he can play different roles for the team. Um, that they then don't have to use Watt for, if that makes sense. They're, they're able to get up the field attacking the middle of it with the, the defensive ends that they have right now. Uh, they'll get to it back. They're, they're going to be strong again in that right. area but two, it has the ability to spy the quarterback because in short spaces there's not a whole lot of people that are faster than him. Um, he's able to kind of you know stay back and take care of, um, you know clean up a quarterback who has to step up in the pocket. He, he's a big weapon for that. I, I don't think he has the ability of Watt. I think we've seen that, but Bud has really come along uh, in his time in Pittsburgh, and I think he really put it all together in this season, and I think there's room for him to continue growing. I think Watt hit that stage that dupree is at probably midway through last season and you saw him carry that into what's likely a a defensive player of the year award Uh, i i don't think dupree would quite get to that level just in the defense that they're in he's not going to have those kinds of opportunities but he can be a very valuable uh, defender for the way the Steelers are using him and and for the personnel that they already have built up
0: yeah uh i i look at uh, make fitzpatrick and you know (laughs) In the 18th slot in the draft, I think the Steelers are fine. They're 18th. The 18th overall pick in the draft, making Fitzpatrick, in this particular year, is outstanding for what they do. When you watch Tyron Matthew of the Chiefs, really like a poor man's Troy Palomalu, can Fitzpatrick be that kind of guy, too, for Pittsburgh, or, or, is, or is he really slotted more as a true safety in all this?
1: I think that's that's a really interesting question. It's one that a lot of people were asking. I mean, You, you make the obvious connection of safety in Pittsburgh means Polamalu. Um Fitzpatrick. It, as as in, incredibly overblown a comparison as this is, but Fitzpatrick plays the game like Ed Reed. If anything, it's kind of funny yeah. to see that kind of a free safety in Pittsburgh because they haven't had one like that. Uh, the way that Fitzpatrick was used this past season is a way we haven't seen the the, the free safety really be utilized. Um, in, in under any of the defensive coordinators the Steelers have had, uh, he really is kind of a true over the top cover one type of guy, and he covers a lot of field. He's very smart. He can attack downhill. Um, Matthew, exactly as you put it, if, if we're comparing, um, you know, two safeties today to ones in the past, Matthew is more of the Polamalu guy. Yes, he is. Um, there, and and, and I feel,
0: and I feel Matthew was misused in Arizona and Houston because people didn't understand that. Because if you watch him at LSU. At LSU, he played like a style. And I'm not saying he is Troy Polamalu, but the style of plays like Polamalu.
1: Yeah, I, I think a lot of that, too. We, we talk about this a lot on this show. This comes up uh, at least once every other month, especially during draft season. But the college game gives the NFL what it is. But there's a gap of time in between that until it seems, anyway, NFL coaches are more uh, inclined on either offense or defense to play a college style of game. Uh, in that, I think Matthew might have been a little bit ahead of his time. I, I don't think he he was tried to be used in a, a more traditional sense. Probably when he was with Houston, I think Arizona used him in the slot. They used him all over the field. They did a little bit more with him there. Um, I, I'd say that, but absolutely now what we're seeing in Kansas City. Is that everything everywhere linebacker linebacker slash safety type of, of player? Um, he's he's the anti receiver package. You know he's a guy that can still defend the run uh, and be able to cover in in the flats or deeper down the field. He, you have to keep an eye on him because so much of what he's doing is going to predicate what the, the defense is doing. Quarterback has to know where he is and and uh, be aware of him just so he can figure out what the defense is doing overall and where he needs to go with the ball. Uh, A guy like Matthew mixes all of that up, so you can't get a good read of it, and you see it often. I mean, anytime a quarterback is pumping twice when they're playing the Chiefs, it's probably because Matthew isn't where they thought he was going to be, and he's in a position to make a play at at whatever the primary read was. He's smart like that. He's a great player, um, and, and we're seeing great things from him. I thought he played a great game um, against Tennessee. Well, they all did. <laughs> yeah. They looked really good overall. And, and yeah, I mean, we're, we're seeing, I, I think, a lot more of the Matthew that we saw uh, back at LSU when the, the conversation was, he's a great player. Off the field stuff aside, he's a great player, but how do you use him in the NFL? He's not big enough to play in these positions. And these aren't premium types of positions, even if he is head and shoulders better than everybody else that that's going to do it. We have to be willing to invest uh, in this guy and and come up with a defense that works with his particular skill set. That takes some guts and not every team can do that. That's why oftentimes you see players like that go under uh, you know well entrenched uh, successful coaches, guys like Andy Reid, guys like Bill Belichick, even Mike Tomlin, they can they can take more out of those types of players because they have the ability to be wrong, if that makes sense. They, they mm-hmm. can take a risk like sure. that and make something work with it. I think that's what we're seeing in both Matthew and Fitzpatrick now.
0: And the other guy I would put in that category is Jabril Peppers of the Giants. To me, he's another type of player like that, that you can't really slot him someplace. But if you kind of freelance him a little bit, make him an X-factor guy, I think he can help you
1: that way. Yeah, it's, it, it, Peppers is definitely an interesting physical comparison to that. And the knock on him coming out was a lack of experience. Um, it, there's something mm-hmm. to be said about having the instincts on the field if you know the basics of the defense. And I think Paul Amala ran into a little bit of that, certainly a, a much different era when he first came into the league. Um, it, of of not knowing the base defense well enough to be able to freelance and, and play off your instincts. Right. It took him a little bit to get going. But when he did, he he was a nightmare. You know, you didn't know what he was going to do, but he knew what you were doing. So yeah. uh, he, he became the ultimate X-factor. I think Peppers has a, a level of athleticism that certainly would give him the ability to do that. Uh, how quickly is he catching up with the game? I think that's an interesting mm-hmm. question. Yeah. Um, I I would talk to a Giants guy, and I'm willing to bet what they're going to say is, you have coaching turnover the way that they have uh, the lack of success among those coaches a lot of guys are lost yes, yes he was in cleveland at first right. i mean come on there's there's only one defensive yeah. player in cleveland i think baker well. mayfield's on his
0: 28th offensive coordinator so it's yeah, he's
1: had four head a, coaches a big he's number years i mean it's, it, it's it's nuts what's going on with that and you, you have to factor that in when it comes to developing a player um it, they need some consistency they need some time to figure everything out or well, more than anything they need to stop getting the third year and having to to you know slam on the brakes again and start over um it, it, i think peppers has the ability to do that how well they coach him in new york now what they want him to do i think is really going to yeah. tell uh long term whether he even wants to be there maybe he's had enough and just wants yeah. out completely to new york his contract's coming up in the the not too distant future, so right. um, it, it could be an interesting year for him. He, he's one to watch. i got to keep that in mind.
0: Well, I have a series of questions here on the uh, Pro Bowl, but we've run out of time, uh, so <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, I'm sorry. Uh, we'll save that for next year. I,
1: I remember you saying that last year, too. One of these days <laughs> we're going to talk in depth about the, the value overall of the Pro Bowl. Well, I know so what I know what Christian
0: McCaffrey's value is. <laughs> He's a
1: no-show. <laughs> I saw that. I saw that that uh, Xavier Rhodes got put into the Pro Bowl. I, I found that hysterically that, funny, and everyone's always like, "Why is he in the Pro Bowl?" It's literally because nobody else wants to play. Okay, we're out of <laughs> Xavier people. Xavier Rhodes was. He was fantastically mediocre this year. Yes. Every time I saw them play, I, he—I don't know what happened to him. He—he's fallen apart. I yeah. mean, he used to be a a, a lockdown guy. Right. He's gotten progressively worse over the last two seasons. And that's okay because uh, yeah.
0: because the next guy in the list was Artie Burns.
1: Right. <laughs> exactly. They're getting down to Artie time, probably because he's the freshest. He's yeah. the one that doesn't need surgery. He's fine. He's <laughs> he fine. covered twenty-eight right. kicks without contact this season. He's fine. Right.
0: And I'll just wait. one quick point about Artie Burns. Artie Burns, to his credit, has done a great job of supporting his family, right? And they've needed him to do that, you know, his brothers and everything like that. He's actually had a tough situation. So, as much as we make knocks on his game, I'm not going to knock on it. Knock his, uh, knock his uh, backbone. He's got that.
1: Oh. Yep. in the end, he wins because he's got yep. way more money than you and I ever do, and and you know, experienced NFL cornerbacks right. don't just go right. away. Somebody's uh, going to sign him, you exactly. Know, regardless of what we think of him, somebody's going to sign him. I
0: mean, now he doesn't have as much money as the producer. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, I left him out on purpose. And the and the problem is he flaunts it. All right, <laughs> exactly. Just,
1: just don't look him in the eyes.
0: Neil Super Bowl questions next week. Maybe a post mortem on the Pro Bowl.
1: Let's do it. I'm excited. Thanks for having me.
0: Neil Kulong, USA Today. We started, Matt, to go down the Pro Bowl route. We ran out of time.
2: You guys are a bunch of teases.
0: But we're out of time because this is a sponsored program.
2: Yes, we do have to stick to our schedule.
0: On News Radio 1070 WKOK. Uh, Baseball Hall of Fame, Ryan Thibodeau puts together something called the Hall of Fame Tracker. Now these are the known votes that are in to this point, and they'll reveal everything at 6 o'clock tonight. So far, 53% of the ballots are known. Uh, That's estimated ballots cast 412. Uh, And So, so far, they know of 210 public ballots and eight anonymous ballots. So only 53% are known. The other 47% we don't know. So this is what they do know. You need 75% to get home, all right? Bobby Abreu, 6%. Barry Bond, 71%. Roger Clemens, 70%. Uh, Todd Helton, 33%. Derek Jeter, 100%. All 218 have voted for him. Andrew Jones, 25%. Jeff Kent, 33%. Paul Kinerko 1%. Uh, Cliff Lee, 1%. Andy Pettit, 10.6%. Uh, Manny Ramirez, 31%. Scott Rowland, 48%. Kurt Schilling, 78%. Gary Sheffield, 36%. Sammy Sosa 17%, Omar Vizquel, 49.5%, Philly Wagner 35%, and Larry Walker in his last year on the ballot is at 83.5%. Now, again, we don't know how the other 196 voted. For example, Ron Cook voted for only Derek Jeter, and Dan Shaughnessy only voted for one, only voted for Derek Jeter. The average number of uh, individuals per ballot: seven point two eight.
1: taking your calls at 800-795-9565
0: this is the steve jones show on news radio 1070 wkok now from the sunbury motors studio here's steve jones sunbury motors 4th street in sunbury sunbury motors kia routes 11 and 15 in hummel's wharf matt very disappointed over the last segment
2: i am very disappointed
0: that we were just about to get into a complete breakdown on the Pro Bowl and uh ran out of time. We were talking about the Steelers, the draft, free agency, a little bit of Super Bowl. The time just got away from us.
2: Guys are a bunch of teases. I was ready for it.
0: Now, I was ready to should, chime
2: in, too and everything.
0: I could tell you were poised and ready to go. Uh, but several of the players say they can't wait to go to Disney World. So they're following your lead. Yeah. Now, I played golf at Lake Buena Vista at Disney World. Does that count? You're confused. It's where they play the Disney Golf Classic every year. I've played that course.
2: I've always wanted to play that course.
0: I am in cruise control. I mean, cruise control. I am through seven holes, and I am even par. I'm even par. Yeah, I am playing terrific. Then in the eighth hole, for some reason, I opened up my face so wide that I whacked it right into the woods. Now, there, the woods include interesting wildlife. There is no way I was going to go in there and test it. Took a drop, took a penalty, and then spiraled for five holes. And then played the last five holes even par. That didn't, you know. So I played 12 holes even par. I played six holes in a complete, utter disaster. I mean, there are potholes that are better than what I did on the six hole. The six holes I played. Awful. Awful. When I was going fine, I was going fine. The fact that I got it back going again, I was happy about. But those six holes? No. I was wandering in the wilderness. I mean, I told you about the time I was playing at West Palm Beach, right? Playing at West Palm Beach, and there's a pond to the right on the 18th hole. Great. Great. I hit the ball into the fairway and it starts rolling toward the pond, but it ends up being about 20 yards short. I'm still in the fairway. So, I mean, because I hit it up high enough, it just rolled, you know, just rolled down. It just happens, no big deal. So, I'm going to be fine. I said, Yeah, great. I'm going to be like a maybe a 9-9 or a wedge into the green. Okay. I'm going down to get the ball and an alligator pops out of the pond. I looked at everybody. I said, You could penalize me 82 strokes. I said, I'm dropping up here. <laughs> I said, I'm not even going to get that ball. The thing grabbed my ball, it grabbed it. Like, you, we are not doing that. <laughs> my group was very kind. No penalty. Now, this year in the NFL draft, we mentioned that 115 players declared for the NFL draft. 99 underclassmen. Everybody else happened to be players that uh, have eligibility left but did get their degrees. So 115. It's actually down from last year's 135 last year. It's going to be in Las Vegas this year. This time players are going to use boats and the stage will be at the Bellagio and they're going to bring the players across in boats to the stage.
2: There's a couple pictures out there already and this looks pretty magnificent but I could see this also going pretty wrong too.
0: Well say for example you're the Cincinnati Bengals. Okay. When I think of a boat and I think of the Bengals, I think of Titanic. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Bengals gonna bungle. Well
0: there. Well, we don't know if we want to draft Joe Burrow. We're gonna see like, are you nuts? Just do it. Well
2: they what have already said that they're not giving up the number one pick as of now. Which
0: means which means they're drafting Joe Burrow. Just look, just sit down with his agent and start negotiating the thing. They're allowed to do it after you After you give them a, a full and complete physical. They I mean, give them a full and complete physical. I mean, you are going to have to do that. But if the guy passes the physical, that's pretty much it. I'll tell you the guy that is um, high risk, high reward, and that's Tua Tunga Viola. You're like, high risk. I mean, not only would I have his hip thoroughly, completely checked out if I'm an NFL team, but both, not one, but both ankles. I mean, both ankles need a long look. He could end up being a great pick for somebody or he could end up being somebody that ends up having an injury play career? I don't know. I think it's going to be awfully tough judging how he's going to do this. The Las Vegas Strip will be closed to vehicle traffic in front of the Bellagio. Really? So. uh, Now, have you been to Vegas?
2: I have not. On my bucket list.
0: Bellagio is beautiful. I mean, the, the, the fountains in front, absolutely incredible. Um, it is just down the street from, uh, it's actually across the street, I should say. It's directly across the street from Paris. You know, there's Bally's in Paris. It's right across the street. And then Caesars is the next property over from there. So there you go. So it's... uh, Maybe we should send you to the draft.
2: I would love that.
0: Huh? This would be great for you.
2: I mean, I I love the draft. I I like to watch as much tape as I can on on different guys as it pertains to the Eagles and some of the top guys. Yeah, that would just be the culmination for me.
0: Ah, oh, there you go.
2: And yes, all seven rounds, not just round one like everybody else. I'm locked into oh, all no. seven rounds.
0: Oh no, no. Yeah, you should you should have all seven rounds. You should have all seven because I mean there'd be a lot of like I mean to make it worthwhile. Um you know, Penn State guys could would be drafted in those rounds three four through uh Um, Or rounds four through seven So you'd have to stay there the whole time I mean this would be great for you Be exciting
2: We just got to work on management to pay for it
0: And once again A suit issue
2: (laughs) I need you to be my spokesman
0: Once again a suit issue Ah you know, that's okay we always have that trump card to play you know the one where we could look at him and say how's everything going over in danville with that uh that project there we go <laughs> what you've got to understand how to play this this is true it's what we this is what we do That's us.
2: I have some other ways, too, that I could persuade management.
0: See, the way it used to be is if we wanted to do something like this when he was the co-host of the show, I would explain that he would be forced to go out of town, and they went for it every time. Now we can't use that. Sorry. They like you, so they, they want to keep you in town.
2: Yeah, prob- I, I, I got problem- the new side things, too, that we'll probably want to get done.
0: Yeah, your your problem is your likability factor. It's a problem. right? His problem is quite the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so those are the only two... Uh, Names from Penn State in KJ Hamler and Yitor Gross Matos. Everything else stayed the same for Penn State because a lot of people have been wondering. I've had some people say, Oh, we're, you know, when's he going to announce? When's this? What's that? I sit there like, Hey, guys, he doesn't have to announce. He doesn't have to. I know people think that you owe it to him, to the fans, but no. Now, if you're wondering, for example, where the uh, football stadium is in Las Vegas, okay? T-Mobile Arena, which is where the Vegas Golden Knights, when you come out of McCarran Airport, you make a left, uh, you go past MGM. You go past New York, New York. On the other side of New York, New York is where the arena is. Okay. You just go down I-15 a couple of exits uh, to where the Desert Inn is, and that's where it is. All right. So, in other words, I talked about the Bellagio. Next to the Bellagio is Caesars, and then just past there is where the uh, the old sand used to be. And... Uh, Allegiance Stadium is just beyond there okay so you go past Fl- the, uh, Flamingo you go past Caesars and then mm, I don't know the two blocks down or whatever is where the uh, where the football stadium is so that's where they built it all right perfect so you go to like Treasure Island. Uh, the Wind Golf Club, and I know the place that you want to go is very close to Madame Tussauds. Okay. No, you wouldn't go there.
2: <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> to the Wax Museum. No? Oh yeah,
2: no, probably not. No. Come on, man. Come well, on. it depends. Depends on what it is. If it's if it's some historical stuff, then I would. No. Okay.
0: No. Like only time I want to see wax is on a candle. Okay? <laughs> we oh yeah. We're done. I'm fr- I frustrate you. This isn't
2: Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: just, it's, some of this stuff just isn't my bag. It's just not.
2: Well you're not the only one, so it's okay.
0: Well yeah, but I don't I don't put down what anybody else wants to do. See what I mean? Right. In other words, so somebody else likes it, I don't mind. Go ahead, go. Don't be offended if I go, No, I'm okay, we're good. Would you like to go? No, but I appreciate it. Thanks. Inside saying to myself, no. Okay, we'll take a break. Back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WK. So, so far today, we found out that Matt wants to go to Hawaii for the Pro Bowl. He wants to go to Las Vegas because he's never been there before to cover the draft. And he wants to go back to Orlando for the 282nd time to see the Big Mouse. And he wants to take Luke with him.
2: I'm a simple man. What can I say?
0: And then there's Lisa.
2: Who has to suffer through all this.
0: <laughs> who sits back and realizes, in reality, who the voice of reason is on this show.
2: <laughs> you, know, you know what's funny? When we when we went to Aloha Stadium for our honeymoon, when she somehow yeah. allowed us to do so, make this part of our vacation, Sure. she not only went through the whole tour with me, but then we got a chance to go on the field and kind of play around for a couple minutes as part of the tour. So I had her run a couple of routes for me and I threw the I threw her a couple touchdown passes and then she held she was my holder so I can try and kick a field goal and I did.
0: You married the right woman.
2: <laughs> exactly right. Might
0: <laughs> have <laughs> well, looked at me and said, You're not get out of here. <laughs> But then again, I've walked on courts and fields and and places and golf courses that people obviously would always want to. And yes, I've I've been to a, I've been to Disney. I'm done. <laughs> no, it makes you feel better. I got to go for nothing too. <laughs> you, you don't like that, do
2: you? Yeah, I'm actually a little jealous of that. There's actually one part of Disney on the grounds there that I haven't been to, and that's actually Y World of Sports, because they only open that for Bucks training camp, uh, Brave spring training, and whatever other special events they have there. Every time I try uh, to go just just to take a quick like look around, they always have it closed off.
0: Well, I've done three games at at uh, at Why World of Sports uh, in the arena. Uh, And I've been in the baseball stadium because I mean one day one day I'd shoot around we just walked over and says oh let's look at the ballpark so I mean I've been there and uh, yeah we're done (laughs) 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 so I mean it's a nice arena yeah
2: you were also talking to a guy that has the monorail in Disney as. His train around the Christmas tree.
0: Okay, I have I did I have not been on the monorail.
2: Oh, you have to do that. That's my. I, I've always said that's going to be my retirement job, be a monorail driver.
0: The monorail driver.
2: Oh yeah. What, what
0: was it? The Simpsons, monorail, monorail, monorail. <laughs> <laughs> where, where, they tried to do it like oh what was what what was the takeoff on that? It was um. Oh, I remember what the takeoff was. It was Henry Hill or whatever the heck it was. But, yeah. Yes. I haven't been on the monorail, though. I've been on the monorail at
2: at the airport. (laughs) Not the same. It's fun, but it's not the same.
0: I never never looked at as fun. I I got there on time. That's all I cared about. (laughs) And sit there and go, hey, this looks like a neat thing to do. Like, here we go. Oh, my God.
2: I've actually ridden around the Seven Seas Lagoon to all the stops for the monorail and Magic Kingdom. You stop at the transportation and ticket center, the Polynesian, the, the Grand Floridian, Magic Kingdom, and the Contemporary Resort. I've gone all the way around once, one time. Just because I wanted to ride the minor rail.
0: <laughs> good, and I've been I've been to the boardwalk.
2: Oh yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a good spot.
0: Yeah, and uh, yeah, I just we're stayed at the Swan
2: that. and Dolphin there too.
0: I just stayed where they put us up. <laughs> okay. Uh <laughs> <laughs> oh. So um, so that's what we found out today. Yeah, we had Mark Brennan on talking about football and basketball. Yeah, we had on Neil Coolong talking about the NFL. But the reality is we found out that Lisa not only does all the work, but she's got the patience of a saint.
2: <laughs> yes.
0: Okay. Tell me when you w- you went to Hawaii that you went to the beach.
2: Oh, of course, that was the first thing we did.
0: Okay, All right.
2: Yeah, and we did stuff well, she wanted to do. Like
0: okay, for so a hike I, at
2: Diamond Head.
0: Okay, so after the two things she wanted, you did twenty things you wanted.
2: Ah, uh, yeah, basically.
0: <laughs> oh. And now she's got to go down. She's got to endure the big mouse. Ah. Uh. I mean, have you ever wondered why one of the characters is called Goofy?